stumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping with folks like me on the job from nine to five Working nine to five, what a way to make a living I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II this podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We will be sharing our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious truths. However, to keep the identity of the students and companies we have worked for safe, we won't be mentioning any by name, and if we do, they will be changed. That being said, let's get into today's topic. Full-time jobs. So we kind of mentioned this on last week's episode where we talked about like having a full-time job and what that means on top of your artistry. And how, like, difficult or complicated that can be along the way. And I just, I I felt like we, again, it's just an important subject because there are so many artists that are full-time, that are full-time, that have full-time jobs that are in the arts, and then have full-time jobs that are not in the arts, but are still artists. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that we kind of first want to start with, like, just the why I have a full-time job. And to the normal listeners out there that work nine to five, you're probably thinking, because that's what you do. For an artist, it's not. The decision to have a full-time job comes with, one, job security, mm-hmm. uh, paycheck security, knowing that you will get paid every two weeks or every month or whatever on a pay, on a regular pay schedule. And also, you're going to know how much you're going to get paid. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, the idea of consistent schedules which is something that makes me constant, constantly contemplate going full-time, is knowing, like I said, having a rough idea of what your schedule is going to be on a week-to-week basis, knowing when your off days are, knowing when you can take vacations, when you can do numerous things like that, like that, or vacation days in and of themselves, or sick days are mm-hmm. something that comes up with a full-time job. Um, I did it. I did it three years ago now. I made the, I made the decision almost four years ago to the date now. I started thinking, um, I started thinking four years ago, four years ago, does that make sense? No, three, three. I started thinking about, I'm in my third year of teaching full time. So I started thinking. But I feel like it was four because it took like a year to be like, am I going to do this? Yeah, I I started, I started thinking probably in the fall semester of 2015, um, is like, what do I want to do? And I started thinking, I, I, I want to teach full-time, and it was something that I never thought I wanted to do. It was something that Mm -hmm. I said I would never do in college, Um, but as I continued down my road and my path, and, you know, life's ever-changing ebbs and flows and figuring out who you are as a human and Mm -hmm. what really, you know, like, drives you to wake up every morning, I was like, I do really like teaching. Um, So I made the decision mentally, and then I had to get really good with that decision because I was the person who at first I was performing when out of college I was trying to you know I'd go I would go on auditions and I did I did a couple of like dance workshops and labs and gigs like that and I quickly discovered I wanted to transition into just choreographing and I did and I you know first year out of college I worked at a dance studio front desk I worked um at a talent management office for a while for like a couple months as well and then I was like all right I'm gonna babysit because I can babysit during the day and it'll be under the table 
relatively stable money and I can teach or I can go to rehearsals at night or mm -hmm. on the weekends. And that kind of also all started because I did. I, I actually got, after summer stock one year of choreographing, I got offered a job. Um, sorry, there's something in my mouth. Um, offered a job choreographing a show. Um, and I need, was like, great. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to take it. And it was like a really great choreography gig. But I was like, how am I going to supplement my income, pay for rent? So I started babysitting. Yep. So I did that for about two years and it was great. But it does, for me at least, you know, it does get very tiring. I was working on Saturdays and Sundays. Even if they weren't full days, yep. you're still working a couple hours each day on the weekend plus during the day. And so... um I made the mental decision. I got really good about it. I talked with my family, my friends, my ex-boyfriend, who actually was, like, really great at helping me kind of go through the process at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and I started looking for a job. And I actually ended up, in January of 2016, I started applying for jobs, for full-time teaching jobs in New York City. And I stopped looking for choreography work for a whole semester because it is it's it's a job in itself trying to find a job yes a full-time job is. i had to yeah. write a teaching philosophy statement i had to do a completely different resume and revamp it i had to write um lesson plans out and all of these different things i had to be able to show on a moment's notice so i scaled back teaching and i only taught like two or three days a week and mm -hmm. i babysat during the day and i would go home and i would apply for jobs and I would work on my resume and I'd work on my teaching statement and my philosophies and my lesson plans and all of that and yeah. it paid off and I got a full-time job um but that decision was it was a big deal and I had to get mentally okay with it and I had to tell myself you know this isn't the end of your chore choreography career actually in teaching I still get to you know they're they're little humans you know they're kids they're little baby humans still but I'm still working on them and creating on them and with them and to their level. And that's really great. Um, and, you know, I had to open myself up to other opportunities. Like there's still the summers to do summer socks and festivals. There's always the opportunity to be able to go to a rehearsal mm -hmm. at night after work and do a show. I, I did it. Um, but it's something you it, – sorry. It's something you mm -hmm. have to be ready for because if you would have asked me yes. – Five years ago, I would have been like, hell no, I'm not doing that. I will never do that in my entire life. But then 26, 27-year-old Danielle was like, wait, I want health insurance, like real health insurance. Like, right. like met I, you know, like, oh, the Obamacare, the marketplace, like, it's great. But I was like, I want real health insurance where I don't have to worry about anything. And I want my weekends free. And I need some sort of stability because for me, the not having stability was really starting to affect me, and it was the de right decision for me. Right, and that was gonna be my big thing is that like a lot of, a lot of artists don't. I don't know a single artist that takes taking a full time job lightly. That decision to take a full time job no. lightly, because it does. Everyone, I've gone through this moments where you're like, I was like, do I want a full time job? And I actually applied for a few things, and then I had several things come along and be like, that's not what you're gonna do. Um. But that fear of, like, not, you know, you're abandoning your artistry, you're not going to be able to do things full-time, like, all of that definitely comes into play as you make that decision to be, you know, to take a full-time job, you know. But I still think it's important to know that I've done, like, 
there have been one or two moments where I have full-time jobs and I still do just as much artistry and things mm-hmm. like that as before. Like, actually, when I was on in a uh, in the middle of two residencies, two, three, three residencies last school year, I started the podcast. We started the podcast. Yeah. I was literally dancing eight hours a day at a school, you know? So, like, right. it's one of I those mean, things that's of, also the other thing. Like, I'm sitting here doing this <laughs> podcast. You know, I... Went and taught an international program up in upstate New York this past summer. I choreographed an off-Broadway show last summer. Mm-hmm. I did summer stock in Massachusetts. Like, it is very possible still to do plenty it all. Of work. But I think the difference is you, as the person, you have to be really good with yourself and go, I'm going to take this full-time job and I'm still going to be an artist. I'm still going to create or yes. perform. And it, no matter what, because I know girls I know people like girls I grew up dancing with that chose to go in a different career direction that chose to not even have performing arts dance theater acting all of that decided to completely leave that world for their full-time job and have kind of started to you know one of them performs with a small dance company one of them started going back to teaching dance but it's got to be one of those things where you tell yourself I can do this and if you can do this you're going to be able to do it because it's what you want yeah and I've and again I I definitely want to mention the ones that like aren't teachers that are like work full-time jobs in offices or I know found out one girl she's like a law office clerk so she's like literally in suits Monday through Friday, like, till 5 p.m. She is in, like, business suits and, like, dressed up for work. And then teaches a class. Now, teaches or takes class because she alternates every other day at, like, 7. She's mm-hmm. like, my class is, she's like, I teach a class at 7 and I take class at 7 on days that I don't teach. She's like, but, like, during the day, she's like, it's so funny because she's like, I've gotten arguments with, like, studio moms or, you like, other people being like, oh, during the day, she's like, I'm not going to respond to you during the day because, like, I, like, people's lives are at stake because I'm dealing with court cases. Mm-hmm. So, no. You're not going to hear from me before 5 p.m. any given day. You know, but fabulous dancer. She danced, like, she's a ballet dancer, too. Like, yeah. So she's literally, like, she only does ballet. Like, she, so it's, she's, like, on point dancing. Dancing, and point is not something you can walk away from and come back to no. very easily. So she's like, oh, no, I, like, I'm dancing point. Like, that's the, like, I have to be focused and trained. And that, but again, that balance of, of a full-time job, she's like, I'm not concerned when, you know, the studio has to cut back my hours or, you know, we get snowed out or rained out because of weather. She's like, I'm not dependent on that money to pay my bills, you know, to make it through my day. to keep her passion and her love alive and what makes her happy. That's the same. I know a girl, a girl I grew up dancing with and she um, works for a clothing brand. She does marketing for them and she is part of a small, a smaller dance company in New York City. I've like run into her on the train, at yoga, you know, such a small world. Um, Always. And we talked, we were, we were talking, we like ran into each other a, a yoga class one day in Midtown and we were talking about where life led us and I was, you know, telling her about how, you know, I went into teaching and I teach full-time, I'm a full-time dance teacher and I'm, you know, still trying to do choreography gigs And she was saying that, yeah, that she, after school, like, she tried to perform, and then she actually went back to our studio we grew up in, taught there for a little while, and discovered that that's not exactly what she wanted to do all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And so she works for this company, and she works in their marketing, but she's still, she's a dancer in this, you know, 
smaller dance company in New York City, and she's actually actually recently did her chore- choreographic debut with them. Right. Um, and she's just like, I still get to dance, and she's like, I, I'm still a dancer, and I take class, and I, I still go to class, and mm-hmm. I still go to rehearsals, and I dance, and I do the performances because that's my love and my passion and what's important to me. But she says it's so nice to be able to be in this company that she really loves this company and what it stands for and the work it's doing and the other company members and the choreographers but she doesn't have to worry about how she's going to pay rent because from Uh nine to five she has her marketing job Mm -hmm. and she said that most of the company members are like that where they have full-time or daytime jobs and then they have their rehearsals at nights and on the weekends and their performances are at nights and on weekends And I think, so that's, like, a perfect segue into, like, the benefits of having a full-time job and being in the artistry is, like, you're not concerned about money. I say this as a freelancer. I never know the exact date I am going to get paid for a gig. Mm -hmm. I can say it, specify it, argue it in a contract, this, that, that, but, like, things happen. Normal, everyday life things happen, that, like, make me very, very angry sometimes when I'm dependent on that money. But, like, there, again, there's nothing I can do if on that date I'm supposed to get paid and they're like, hey, someone got the flu that was processing your paperwork. A lot of companies aren't, you know, aren't major institutions that I work for where they, you know, someone else can cover them or they would never have something like that happen. A lot of the time freelance gigs are smaller companies or, you know, like, are here and there or you're not their primary salary so you're dealt, you know, someone else has to deal with you. So that's one major, you know, like benefit of like a nine to five you know when and how much you're going to get paid um and an important thing i would also say is like knowing your work hours Mm -hmm. me as a freelancer i take numerous gigs to like i want to pay bills whatever the choice or situation may be so my schedule is constantly in flux my google calendar is the only reason why i can function like that so there are sometimes that i really want to take a gig that i have to say no to because i'm completely booked or scheduled to work something that's going to pay me more money than the gig that I really want to do that's more beneficial to me. Mm-hmm. But if you know that you're working a nine to five and you're not concerned about it, you can take the gigs that aren't going to pay you great because you're not concerned about the money. You know, I remember one particular time where uh, a theater company that I really loved, they were doing rent and I, they were just not able to pay what I could afford to make for like a month and a half. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they were on it, like, we really want you to audition. I was like, I love you guys, but, like, I can't I can't take that salary and live for a month and a half off of that. That's just not going to work. And I don't want to burn through my savings just to because I really want to do rent. You know, so I had to turn it down. But I had other friends that were like, oh, yeah, no, they're rehearsing at night because, like, a lot of the staff had day jobs. You know, uh, a lot of the artistic mm-hmm. team had day jobs. So the cast ended up being a lot of people that also had day jobs. So it just... Those benefits are just so great when you're not, when you don't have the, the under, the starving artist mentality, which I hate in and of itself because I'm not starving. I eat real good. But like that starving artist mentality that a lot of people have, you know, it's why they get a full-time job. You know, the benefits are just better. Yeah. I mean, I think that everyone's situation is completely different and some people are fortunate fortunate enough due to whatever financial circumstances they've been dealt Mm -hmm. that um they can just 
go to rehearsals every day and go to class and in auditions and don't have to work or you know maybe they just like baby maybe they they're fine with just babysitting or they do the dog walking thing mm-hmm. like sometimes some you people get babies. yeah Love I mean them, some people are just like it depends on their current situation but there are a lot of people out there who do work these full-time jobs for a multitude of different benefits and reasons and are still able to do their art and I think there's something something really big to be said for that because it's also those people who they don't just like turn their back on the art or give it up so to speak but mm-hmm. they choose to still let it be a part of their life and a big part of their life and so call themselves an artist and that it doesn't have to be all encompassing but it's still part of your life and it's still allowing you to be open and create yes. and explore and there are just so many ways to be able to do that. So it's it's hard because I feel like there's a stigma around being a starving artist, uh-huh. quote unquote, because let's be honest, like Tony just said, most of these quote unquote starving artists are not starving. Even if you are not a trust fund baby and you are working a day job, I'm a like freelancer you're still yeah. Or you're a freelancer, like years, you're not starving. Starved. Like it's just but, not so there's a, a there is a one hundred percent a stigma around that. I've been privy to before. There's, and like, you know, I've had the, the situation of like, oh, like, you just teach freelance? Like, that's, you babysit during the day? Like, ooh, like, that's not fun. I still get that all There's the time. also a weird stigma to being like, yeah, I have this job, but then I I perform at night. I teach class. I choreograph. I do X, Y, and Z. Because, that shock on their face. Yeah. Like, you do? Really? It's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. So I, we've talked about the benefits, but... We have to go to the polar opposite. We had to talk about the drawbacks, like mm-hmm. the, the, the negative side of having a full-time job. The biggest one is self-doubt and exhaustion. Yes. Because I have, again, I've had those periods where I was working a full-time job and going to rehearsals or staying up all night to choreograph for the day that I'm off. One is like off days don't really exist sometimes, you know, because if you are working Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday, you're dancing all day. Because that's yeah. the only time you can fit into your schedule or that's the only time rehearsals fit into your schedule. And those are the moments where it's just like you are so you are so tired that you just like you're not putting forth your best work or you want it to redo something or you want it to fix it tweak it or fix it to make it better. But you just couldn't because you just you're out of time. You know, you you can't extend rehearsals any longer. You know, you can't come in an hour early or you're just too tired. Um, I think though, like, those are real reasons why full, I, I know, well, I'm just as tired with being a freelancer, but I know one of the, the things that gives me pause about being a freelance, about being a full-time teacher is that like, I enjoy the sporadic vacation times or the random off days that I get in a week's time or, you know, mm-hmm. those like, I enjoy those moments. They allow me to feed into other habits and projects that I'm working on. Like I'm working on a book right now. So, like, when it's randomly I have an off day, I'm like, great, I'm going to write all day. You know, like, eat a lot. I like having those moments so for me. So, it's totally a drawback being a full-time person. But as a freelancer, I really enjoy those mm-hmm. moments. Um, I definitely, like, I remember when I told my parents I was like, I, I want to do teaching full-time. Um, my dad was very was actually very concerned because he was like, 
you know, you've always wanted to dance and choreograph and you've found that you really want to choreograph, are you giving up on, on that dream? Yes. And my dad, and you know, he was like, I just don't want you to, to give up on it because you feel like you need to have a steady paycheck or anything. And we had to sit down and we spoke about it and we discovered, you know, what's mm-hmm. important to me and, and why getting this full-time job was so important. And like I said, I've been lucky enough to to realize and live in the space of that choreographing is still very important to me and it's something I seek out regardless of my full-time job. Um, but it was one of those things where my dad actually was the one that was like, I don't want you to give up on your dreams just to have a salary. Yeah. So it is, you know, it, it, that is the drawback of a full-time job because I think that if you don't really choose to continue with your artistry in that type of seeking out freelance way of still performing still choreographing directing whatever it is um you could fall fall into into the the pit yeah fall into the trap of like well i have my nine to five i have my benefits i have my vacation days so you know what no i don't need my art anymore i I, there are two situations that makes me think of this one is a, a friend of mine who i went to college with um, she's a fabulous singer, Terry Yates Reeves, out in D.C. Um, she was had done a, a show that, like, a tour, a children's show that was, like, touring all across the, the up the East Coast. They did, like, an extent off-Broadway here in New York. And then she moved, went back to D.C. And then a few months later, she was like, oh, uh, she posted on social media that she's accepting a teaching gig, teaching music. And... Some of the people's reaction were kind of like, why were you doing this? Why are you not moving to New York? I'm not going to lie. I was, I was thinking, I never posted that to her because again, it's a dear friend. I would never want to judge her that way. But I was thinking it like, girl, you just had a show hit off Broadway, like move to the city, make it happen. And she didn't, she took the teaching it shortly after she kind of posted that like some family stuff was going on. I was like, and that's when I kind of go, oh, maybe she needs to be at home right now. She didn't want to be away from her family Mm -hmm. right now. And then like, Six months after that, you see her doing gigs all over DC. I'm still seeing her post about teaching kids music because we're, you know, I'm like laughing on her commenting about trying to teach kids the arts. But then I'm also like, she, I think she's probably done Aida three times in the last year and a half, I think. Yeah. Two of them as Aida, the lead in the, the musical Aida. Like, still performing, still doing gigs, like songwriting, playing guitar, playing piano. Like, she's still doing all of those things throughout you know where she lives at but again her her focus is you know her main job is still with kids and so I think it's one of those things of like you do have to have that moment are you going to give up your passion for this the second story and I think it goes to what Danielle was saying about it depends on the person was myself um I was offered a full-time teaching gig as a social studies teacher by my former principal from high school he found out that I was graduating and I was back in town and he was like, oh, your sister, my, cause my sister teaches in the same county that we both went to school in as kids. And her, her, the principal that hired her was both of our former English teacher. So she was like, oh my God, to have another one of my former students, this would be amazing. Mm-hmm. You know? And so like other people, so the word, you know, it's like, oh, you can be an English and a drama teacher, like my drama teacher was in high school. Mm-hmm. And it was like, do you want to do that? And then someone was like, uh, he was like, oh, well, there's a social studies gig. You can totally do social studies and like run the theater department. All, like several times that option came up to me and I had to think very hard about it. And each time I came up with, if I do this, I will never leave. I will never do the things that I want to do for yeah. my career. 
I can't. You know, so just, and that's just knowing me is that like in that particular situation, I knew I would not be as productive as I, as I want to be. Yeah. If I were allowed myself to do those things. Well, that's why I, st- I feel too, like, I'll, you know, I'll be honest, when I was younger, I didn't realize that I could teach in an, um, you know, in an elementary, middle, or high school full-time as a dance teacher, like, oh yeah. besides performing arts high schools, I didn't realize that there, that there are um, private schools and charter schools and some public schools that are not performing arts-based that do that, mm-hmm. so that's one thing, but I do think that had I been 22, 23 years old and knew about it and decided to, to make this my job, I think I would have left the profession by now because I think I yeah. I wasn't ready for that. I needed to figure out who I was as a person, what I wanted to mm-hmm. do with my art, how, and I needed to, those freelance experiences of all of these different gigs and different types of gigs and going places and summer stocks and you know, all of this different stuff, I think, turned me into, I think, I know, turned me into the person I am today. Oh, yeah. The artist I am today, and it's definitely shaped me. And I, I, it was at the point where I was ready to teach. Now, would it have been great to make sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 at 23 years old? I probably would have blown through 100%, it if I'm but, I mean, to, yeah, I, I mean, same though, to be honest, I think I also <laughs> wouldn't have known how to handle my money correct to handle that type of money at yep. 23 years old because I mean that's just me I just think at 23 I would have made some not super great decisions include in terms of my money but I also do think I would have left the profession and quite frankly I could have potentially have left dance and theater altogether should I have decided to do a full-time job when I was younger because I wasn't ready there were things in my life mm-hmm. with my art I needed to experience that needed to be on a freelance basis. And that's that's kind of how I feel, too. Is like, and it, again, I, I would have fallen into the role of drama teacher and a normal teacher, but my experiences would nowhere near be the same of what they are now mm-hmm. had I stayed back in Georgia. Where yeah, my resume, from. I'll be honest, like... My resume would have not looked as my good. My resume looks pretty nice. It would not have looked as nice at all. Well, not even that. Like, something that I've had the absolute privilege of doing, I have taught... Uh, dance at juvenile correctional facilities and I've also taught dance to the one percent of the United States mm-hmm. um, they are very different and they are very similar I after having taught at both of these places where that has happened nothing in between bothers me anymore mm-hmm. I've also worked with children that are special needs students yep. on the autistic Same. spectrum from throw and poop to you wouldn't know until you have an in-depth conversation with them. Mm-hmm. So, like, that array of, like, working with people and finding their artistry and learning how they learn and learning how they teach and learning how they view the performing arts, like, all of that has shaped me into the artist that I, I am now. And so the idea of not having those experiences by not leaving the state of yeah, Georgia I just, just wouldn't... I just don't think that I would be the person I am right now. And yeah. I, you know, like, not to shoot my own horn or anything but this is something I've also talked to co-workers and friends that are younger than me like I really like the person I've become and I really feel like yeah. I've found my voice and that I'm just building a nice life cutting out a nice life for myself and you know you think at 23 24 you know what you want and you know how you want your life to look but things change um and I think that again it's all relative it has to be what feels right to you. Um, Like we talked about, Tony decided to stay freelance. I decided to get a full-time teaching gig. I know people that have full-time non- 
art gigs, but dance on the weekends yeah. and at night. But And we all still have the same kind of stories of yes, like crazy teaching and crazy performing stories. The like, path that you end up on is the path that's going to be right for you. And you have to trust that. And there are pros and cons to taking a full-time job and not taking a full-time job. But oh yeah. whether you do or don't should never make you feel a type of way. And the last, so kind of like piggybacking off that, and the last thing I kind of want to mention is just like having realistic expectations for a full-time job and your art. Mm-hmm. I think we often... Because it makes me think of, like, I know a lot of musicians, and I don't know why it's typically musicians, dancers sometimes, but it's typically those music fellows and ladies that are, that are like, I'm just going to keep doing my music even if I'm not making any money. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, and I'll time the dance. I'm hopping from this dance intensive to this dance intensive to this dance intensive. Mm. Ooh, I really don't want to teach. I don't want to get stuck in the habit of teaching, so I'm not going to teach. Well, you know, and then you have that mom and dad or you have that family. It's like, we're we're trying to be supportive, but, like, it's been three years and you haven't made any money. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, like, we're having to foot the bill for your apartment. Or, you know, we're having to pay for your flights every which way. You know, like, it's one of those things of, like, no, you don't want to give up on your dream. No, you do want to pursue this. You do want to pursue these things. But, like, you just have to be very realistic for you yourself and where you are currently at. Mm Mm-hmm. I never had a family that could financially support me for the arts. I come from a family of teachers and ministers, honestly. So a lot of them don't understand freelancing at all. So when I'm like, I'm going to go do this gig where I'll get paid on, you know, a random schedule or like I'll make a ton of money for like these three months and then I'm going to make like no money. They don't, they've only recently, and I say this as I'm nearing 30, recently grown to understand and be okay with that yeah there are other people that like their parents are like their parents are artists and it's like oh yeah my dad's totally okay footing the bill for me because you know he spent years trying to grow his band and now he's a music producer you know making billions you know shelling out songs for like random people or whatever you know he was like so they're totally okay footing the bill for me until i hit it big or until i'm able to support myself so like i just want to say to those artists and to those family members of artists, you have to be realistic with yourself. And it's one of those things of let them, if you're that parent, be like, you do need a full-time job. And I'm sorry that you need a full-time job, mm-hmm. but like, that doesn't mean you can't stay up. That doesn't mean you can't take an extra day off to still yeah. accomplish those things that you want to do. And I will say that like, if you have, most family members that I know, if they see you putting in the hard work, they will help you out. You yes. know, like it's always one of those things of like, my parents saw that like, Things weren't, I had a dry period and I would take a full-time job and, you know, they would be the, they would be the ones to be like, Hey, we bought you tickets to a show, you know, because yeah, we know, to give you you're saying, you know, like to give you a little something. So I say that like, don't lose encouragement, whether you be a full-time or a freelancer, like there are still so many options and different paths out there, but a little bit of realism will save you a lot of heartache mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That being said, let's move right along to um, I'm Sorry What's for this week. My I'm Sorry What moment for... Ooh, I have a good one. At first I was like, we didn't talk about these part before recording. I don't have one. But I do. So I started another job. Freelance Life this week. Um, and it's same kind of thing going in and introducing, uh, doing pre-show and post-show workshops of musicals with students around the city. And this particular show we're working on is a chorus line. I actually get to see it this week. 
But um, the MD, music director that I'm working with, he pulled out the original vinyl of the original mm. 1975 chorus line with, like, the original, like, it is the original vinyl. So, like, I'm, like, freaking out because on the original vinyl, there's a newspaper clipping from when it premiered in 1975. So, like, it's one of my favorite shows. Like, I'm totally geeking out. Mm-hmm. So he shows him the cover. He shows him inside. And he was like, if you guys want to look at it, you can't. And he, pull, he, he pulls the vinyl out of, like, the paper cover Mm -hmm. and the kids all go wow Mm -hmm. and me that the theater teacher at the school look at each other and I was like wait are they are they genuinely astonished by that and she goes look at how they're like passing around the vinyl like they're passing it around like they're holding an alien baby or something like that and I go but wait a second they they probably have never seen vinyls before yeah like seriously seen vinyls I was like my dad still has a vinyl collection like I vividly remember him like playing vinyls yeah, my mom of like nonstop throughout my childhood, but they just were astonished that like this is a vinyl. Mm-hmm. Like that I yeah, that was quite surprising. I mean, I guess it makes sense cuz a lot I think that class they were all like we were born in 2000, so that was already a mind yeah. freak. But yeah, they were astonished to see vinyl. Um mine was I was like chatting with one of my classes one day, either a second or a third grade class and you know, they had asked me, oh, I think it was, must have been a third grade class because we were stretching, and I don't, I don't get into necessarily stretching until third grade, um, and, um, they were like, how, how can you stretch so well, like, how are you so flexible, mm, and I was yeah. like, you guys, like, you have to understand, like, I've been doing this for a very long time, like, we talk about with stretching, like, you just have to keep going and, like, pushing yourself, and each day, it's, you're gonna move a little bit more, until you're able to become more flexible and you're working more muscles. And they were like, but I don't understand. And I was like, I've been doing this since I was two and a half years old. And that just completely shocked them. (laughs) They were like, what? You've been dancing since two and a half? You danced when you were my age? I'm like, it's so weird because little kids, like, I mean, these are like my third graders, so like eight and nine, but that's still relatively young. I mean, they forget that like adults were once kids. That's and so and you're like so, our teacher, so yeah. It was so interesting to hear them say that. And I actually think I might, like, when I go home for the holidays, when I come back, like, bring some photos of me from, like, dance recitals when I was young and show them. Because sometimes they get very, like, I'll never be able to do that. And I'm like, you guys, I've literally been dancing for... What? Forever. Like, forever, <laughs> basically. Forever so it was really interesting. They were like, oh, my God, yeah. that's crazy. That's so cute. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. I love that. Um, so moving right along from I'm I'm sorry what to our shout outs. So as far as a class shout out goes, I am still very much recovering from an injury, so I did not take a full class. However, I did get to take a uh, PD, a professional development with Teachers College um, mm. associated with Columbia College here in New York City. And it was like one of the best workshops I've ever taken, honestly, when it comes to like being a teaching artist. Um, it almost made me want to go back to grad school for like mm. a day and a half. Yeah. But only a day and a half. Uh, but it's it was definitely one of those moments where like it was very nice to what why I love the workshop so much is that it was ran by a teaching artist. It was not ran by a teacher or just by an artist, which is what typically happens. Right. I was act it was actually ran by teaching artists that 
were in classrooms just like I were, you know, on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Like, it's not someone that's only talking theory because they've never done it or only talking theory because it was years ago when they did it. Um, so that was very nice to to be working and learning with a group of artists and teachers that, like, understand the complications that I go through, you know, from, like, learning to, co- like, coming into a school and finding out that you have a class that is purely all on the artistic spectrum and the lesson plan you had wasn't for that. So now that's all out of the way, you know? So it was very nice to work with that group of teachers. And I actually have um, a couple more workshops with them coming up over the course of the school year. So I look forward to that. That's exciting. Um, I don't have one. I'm really hoping to be able to hit a class sometime over Thanksgiving break within the next week or so. Um, it's just, you know, and I recently, Tony and I were talking about this before we started recording. Like, I, we both even have some friends who recently were like, I haven't seen you in forever. How is <laughs> yeah, everything? it's not. And I'm like, you know, that fall semester really just sneaks up on you. Like, first, you know, you go in There's never so enough time. And you're just, like, getting all these beginning of the year stuff going on. And then... You, you know, so that happened, the and then all of a sudden it's the holidays, and it's time for your show, and you have all your show stuff to do, so fall is very hard for me, but I'm hoping to, excuse me, I'm hoping to take class over this week break I'm going to have coming up, and some more over winter break, and hopefully getting back into it, um, but in the yeah. meantime, like we've talked about, always still cross-training, I go to boxing, and I go to yoga, those are my two big things, and I go to the gym, get some training training in. It's funny that you mentioned the whole holiday thing, because, so the teacher's workshop that I did, it was on election day, so there was no school. That is the only reason why we were able to have it, first of all, because there was no school for public schools here in New York City, so we were all off, so all the teachers could attend, but I wrote several times throughout the workshop, Anytime someone mentioned December or Christmas or like around Christmas time, a collective groan would go through the room. And finally, our bot, like our direct boss, who's an admin, um, total like in the office type person, he was like, why do you all keep groaning? And we all kept being like, because it's like it's November and we have shows starting the first week of December. Yeah. And we're not ready. That's why <laughs> he feel. goes, but your shows are always so because he always comes sees our shows. He's a wonderful like supervisor. He's like, but your shows are always so wonderful. I'm sure they'll come through like every year. And we go, yeah, but every year we feel this way. He yeah. goes, I never noticed. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not an artist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I even I texted Tony and two of our other friends today and I was like, I was like, thus has the season commence of Danielle just being an asshole now until her shows are over yep. because I'm trying to record videos of choreography for certain classes that need mm-hmm. extra help during the break. And I have a whole to-do list sitting on my computer, make the program, send it to operations, print out costume letters, send them home, create the flyers, oh, crap. I mean, the you know, like film dances, cut the cut and edit the remainder of the music. I did that today you actually. You know, also on top of just making sure I'm their dances look good and the kids are still learning. So, that's the start of the season. I'm just Danielle being an asshole until her shows are over because I have a standard of what I want them to look like. I know what my kids are capable of and I mm-hmm. will not stop until we get there, but in the meantime, sometimes I'm not the most pleasant person. And no choreographer is. Yes. But yeah, like so I just I just thought that was very funny and that we mentioned that for our shout outs because again, this this podcast is about the reality as choreographers and dance teachers. Yes. So I definitely feel like we should constantly keep mentioning just the realities of doing what we do. Well, that's it for us. The curtain has closed on this episode, but we hope that you will join us next week. And every week after that. We want to say a special thank you to our listeners. Our numbers keep growing, and that's all thanks to you. 
episodes come out every Tuesday. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music are perfect places to do that. You can find us on Facebook at Point Your Toes. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Point PYT. You can also email us at PYTNYC29 at gmail.com. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the adventures of an NYC dance teacher.